0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Okay, yet another episode of Enough About Me. I'm like an animal. Like, it ever never ends. I mean, can I stop working? I think there's vacation is needed at this point with summer looming. Um... Good week so far of podcasts. Obviously, you guys have been uh, great. The feedback's been unbelievable. The numbers have been really good. The um, the thing is, you know, it, it's... And we'll see what happens, you know, going forward. Maybe we'll run out of guests. I don't know. Maybe we'll stop. You know, I, I think there's going to be, at some point... I'm trying to think of a way to say this diplomatically, So I, and I don't know how to do that with this. I think there's concern... In the company, maybe um, about me being live in any format seems to be a concern. That's more speculative than than with knowledge on my part, but it just feels that way right now. They think, well, he could do a podcast, do whatever he wants. You know, not even that could be controlled, but it's sort of less dangerous. And I like I don't I don't know, and I've seen uh, tweets today and stuff. I don't know if it's better or worse. I don't know if a live show, like the idea of doing four hours live every day is that I just have no, I have no desire to do that anymore. I don't, I was just talking to my former partner today and he was saying, he'd tell me again that, you know, you missed this and, dah, 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 and I tell him I don't and he doesn't want to believe me and I don't miss going on for four hours. Um, I do miss. And maybe Mark if he gets the job, and, and Brian Riccio from last week, and Alyssa Klein, who was the, the the film critic, lady, Captain Marvel, who was kind of fun. And even the guy who I'm going to talk to later this week, or this religious guy, Andrew Beckwith, you know, these are going to be characters potentially. I'm not sure. I'm still trying to figure out how to weave them in. And can you do that in a podcast world versus a live radio world? I don't know. Um, can you make a live podcast? go with a sort of a little bit of fun for 10 or 15 minutes and get into an interview for a while I don't know I'm still working through that uh, right now it's still <clears throat> very much the traditional sort of enough about me format which is this little monologue here guest out <clears throat> which is good I enjoy it I really do enjoy it I just would like to somehow incorporate some of the other stuff like talking to Morosa yesterday felt a little bit like um, the old days beating up on my old producers it felt fun and fast and Indifferent, you know, and I that is something that I miss, and I'm still figuring out how to incorporate all that stuff while also booking these people and finding stuff and doing. I mean, again, it's, it's not, I'm not killing myself here, but it's an interesting thing that's going on, and I'm and it's fun actually in a way to try and figure it out. Like, it's nice to know also, and I've said this before, that you're not, you know, uh, married to having to talk about any topic at all. Like, you know, I'm sure. People are doing whatever today, whatever the big national sports story is, and I couldn't be happier uh, that I'll have to do that. I mean, that 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 pleases me to no end. Um, so, the the guest today uh, is Mike. Uh, I'm going to get his last name wrong, and I asked him how to pronounce it too. I think it's Mike Boudet. Um, he hosts the podcast called Sword and Scale, that was huge. Now we'll we'll talk to him about this in the in the interview, which is coming up. Uh, you know, uh, one of the biggest most downloaded podcasts in America. Um, And it was sort of a crime one. I'm guessing a lot of you have listened to it. Um, Very successful. He did very well. He was on the Wondering Network. Um, Did some things, that social media and other stuff, said some stuff that, you know, were controversial. And after a while, a couple of activists uh, began cold calling advertisers, and eventually they won and took him down. Now, this was something I had some... Uh, understanding of, uh, some familiarity with. So I thought it'd be interesting to have that discussion with somebody else who's gone through what I've gone through. Um, and he was excellent. I really enjoyed this conversation. It's, it's 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 whether you agree or disagree with some of the things that Mike has said and done and some of the things I think he shouldn't have said and some of the things I would not have a problem with. Um, You know, and I think I say this in the interview, I'm actually taping this the day after, the open, I'm taping the day after the interview so I don't remember if I said it or not. Like, you know, The idea that you're going to just, you you hear something you don't like it on a podcast um, or a radio show or a television show or a movie or whatever it is, to then be done with that, hear it, and say, you know, I'm going to start cold calling whatever, whatever company you want that advertises. I don't even know, you know, Kellogg's, you start calling them. It's such a weird instinct. It's such a, as opposed to just saying, you know what? I'm moving on. I don't. OK, this guy's an asshole. Kirkman, the hand's an asshole. I don't like him. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm not going to listen to him anymore. Done. Go listen to something else. This is what I would do and have done if I don't like somebody. Um, is It's just it's strange. And, you know, one or two or three or four people, if you continue to barrage and know how to do it and you're good at it, can seem like a real mob. And it doesn't take. Uh, the other side, the 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 companies, the advertisers long to say, I, I just don't want to deal with this anymore. And that's where we're at. I mean, if you're listening right now, if you really want to get together and try and bring somebody down in the media, you have a good chance of doing it. You know, you got at least a 50-50 chance of doing it. If you're smart, you do it right, and you take your time. So <laughs> and by the way, I'm not advocating that, of course, but I'm just saying that's, that's where we're at right now. Uh, a scary, scary time. Uh, and Mike Boudet, I'm going to schedule. If my name, if I say if I say it wrong, Mike, just just you know, tweet at me. Let me know. Uh, the long time, very successful podcast host of Sword, and Scale, tells his story and it parallels to mine. I think in a lot of ways, and I, I sort of continue to bring that up with him uh, because I just it's 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 you know. I, everything he said, I found myself nodding and thinking, Jesus Christ, well, at least I'm not alone. We'll have sympathy for him for having to go through it. Uh, so Mike joins me right now on Enough About Me. All right, back on uh, Enough About Me. Uh, Mike Boudet was, is, we'll find out in a second, the host of Sword and Scale and a bunch of other stuff as well. He was on the Wondery uh, Network there for a while before it wasn't, and uh, as I said in the open... Mike and I have uh, some similar stuff. We were essentially taken down in our jobs, me and on the radio at uh, EEI. And he had his podcast by uh, activists, they call themselves, you know, who harass advertisers and to the point where they just can't deal with it anymore. And then they move on, which is the world we live in. You know, I listened to his uh, closing episode uh, again this morning, and he said censorship actually works. And in 2019, that is true, Mike. Uh, first of all, how's it going? Uh, pretty good, Kirk. Thank good, you for having good, me on. good, good. Uh, so explain, you know, uh, so I think a lot of, our, I listen to it, and I think a lot of my listeners do as well. Uh, explain to me just like briefly what Sword and Scale was. Or is. Sure, Sword
2: and, yeah. Yeah, well, Sword and Scale started about um, five years ago, back in 2014. Uh, it was a, an idea that I had for a long time. I've, I've always been interested in podcasts ever since uh, around 2008, when I first got into them. And uh, I, you know, toyed around with different ideas and finally landed on a, a pretty good idea which was to combine the uh, true crime genre with a podcast and mm-hmm. at the time there was nothing else like it the, the right,
1: oh no hard to believe in 2019 but it's true like you Absolutely. know right right you say it now you're like well what what are you talking about but back then it was pretty dry land right
2: yeah it was nine yeah. months before uh, the very famous podcast called serial game
1: right out. right right yeah go ahead.
2: so uh it, it uh, you know it, it sort of took a little bit of, of time but by the time Serial came out, it it had gotten pretty big and serial just made it explode because people were looking for other shows that were in the true crime genre. Sure. So so and if you saw
1: like a lot of at the time, a lot of stories were, you know, people would Google podcasts like serial and yours would pop up.
2: Absolutely. Right. And and we were one of the only ones out there. I mean, there was maybe just a handful of them at the time. And okay. now there's, you know, one coming out every day.
1: Right, it feels like it. So so 2014 you do that, serial comes out you're rolling along, it gets bigger and bigger. I mean, when's the peak of Sword and Scale? Where's the point where, so for me, like, you know, because I just, I find our stories sort of similar. You know, two years ago, we were number one in Boston. Our ratings were huge. I felt like that was sort of the peak of of my radio career before the madness started. Uh, When would you, Whether you feel like you were at that point where you're like, Jesus, this is going to be my life and my career with no real worries, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future? When was that?
2: Well, first of all, I should say it took about two and a half years before I could, you know, actually consider it a job. Profitable. So order. I was still working full time the whole the whole first two so, and a half years. So what were you doing? Uh, I was I've been in uh, sort of like corporate America a, whole, uh, a long time. I've been doing okay. internet marketing and okay. web design. So you're doing and
1: sword like and that. scale on the side. You are writing the scripts right. and producing them and doing. Did you have, did you, have a, did you have a team when you started or no?
2: Uh, no, it was just me for, for two and a half, three, actually, for about three years, it was just me.
1: So you're making no money off it year one or two? So when is the, when yeah. does that, when do you start making, you know, not just enough to sort of break even, when do you start making, like, real, I can live off this money?
2: Well, you know, when you start making money, that's when people start resenting you and start attacking you. Yes, yes. And uh, that that happened about two and a half years into the show. That was maybe 2016. From late sometime. 16, okay. Yeah, yeah. and... Uh, it, basically it didn't take long before the the attacks began, you know, because nobody wants you to be successful in this world. Um, so but, I look at it. Know,
1: so, so, so sorry, Mike and I, we, yeah. uh, but so like for my show, like the, the show I did, it was super controversial. You know, we talked a lot of politics. We talked a lot of guy issues. We talked a lot about the, the LGBT community. We talked about, we just yeah. talked about stuff that would lead itself, lend itself to natural controversy. And I got in a lot of trouble when I, when somebody says to me, Hey, A guy who did a podcast uh, called Sword and Scale that's sort of a true crime podcast, you look at it and say, well, uh, you know, where's the controversy there? Like, how the hell is this guy going to get in trouble? This isn't Howard Stern. This isn't whatever. So when I look at that on its own, it doesn't make sense. But maybe you can give some context into, like, where – when did it start going wrong?
2: Well, it started going wrong uh, pretty much – shortly after that shortly okay. after that point of monetization right okay yeah there there was a few other uh podcasts out there that um are are sort of political in in their leanings um they they've just a little bit flagrant with what they believe and how it how they wanna how they want the world to to bend to their will. Mm-hmm. And there was a few threads about me that started up back then. I think most of it started around this uh, centered around mental illness this and is on, how people perceive it. This is on Reddit,
1: right? Am I am I wrong or no?
2: No, this is on private Facebook oh, okay. groups of okay. other podcasts. Okay. So I'm and somebody
1: the, so I'm somebody and I think you are as well who have mental illness and mental issues, correct?
2: I, I, I am close to uh to the whole mental illness okay. thing so but I mean, I'm very close I have yeah. family members and right so yeah. I've,
1: I've battled it I have mean, talked about it on the air I went away this I was institutionalized over this past summer for suicidal thoughts so I, I you know I've battled all this stuff as well and by the way I think the issues of the last year that I've gone through you know didn't help me get there so I guess mm. what what was your so like your mental illness stuff is, is am i wrong in saying that you go after somebody with mental illness is that what happened or no
2: well, no, I mean not at all. But okay. but if you okay. think about what the genre is and what we're doing on the show, I mean we talk about the worst cases uh, imaginable. We talk about cannibalism right. and and child uh, people violence kill
1: their kids and, and, and right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. It, you know uh, decapitation and and all these, people, these crazy these crazy people
1: things. are all mentally ill i mean that's just uh, they, they would have to be right, i mean right, you would right. hope that they by, would be
2: otherwise by any defi- uh, by
1: by the definition of of the term they're they're mentally like there's no way you can do that to somebody and by the way and i think this is your point doesn't excuse yeah. it obviously but that's but if we're going to deal in real facts and have a real conversation it starts with if you're going to chop somebody's fucking head off or kill your husband or wife or kids you're mentally fucking ill
2: but that's not the narrative that this group of people okay. like to hear. They say it, stig- it stigmatizes those that are mentally ill. They want you to sort of repeat the phrase that not everybody that's mentally ill is violent. That's well, I think we know. We, or, we know that, you know. right? Yeah, no. But you have to. It's almost like a, a mantra that you have to repeat. And and there's and, and if you talk to anyone uh, that's under this sort of belief system, they almost always repeat the same words verbatim. So which tr- is so
1: true. I know what you're saying exactly.
2: Go ahead. This is what they say. They say those that are mentally ill are more likely to be victims than they are to be perpetrators. It's almost verbatim how they repeat that, although that is a illogical argument to what I'm saying. Uh, what I'm saying is if you're mentally ill, uh, you're more likely to commit uh, a violent act than if you're not. Th- those are two things that can live in the same world. They're not mutually exclusive. Well, sure, man. I
1: think you would, you'd agree that, you know— the large, large—I'm um, speaking for you—but the vast majority of people who are mentally ill don't commit crimes or violent crimes,
2: right? Absolutely. But the, the percentage vast of people, right?
1: Of course. But the crime. percentage of people who commit violent crimes—I mean, you know, if somebody goes—I mean, you know—you uh, go up and you go shoot up Newtown, you know—it's you, uh, you know you deserve to die, but you're also mentally ill. I mean, that's not even—I mean, I don't even know where the argument is in that.
2: Yeah, you would you would hope that somebody that uh, yeah, to I mean,
1: I mean, the level you, of yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like would just, hope there's
2: something right. wrong with them so, psychologically. Right.
1: So this is interesting. So what got what sort of got us in some hot water uh, initially and got the activist, uh, my old radio show going after, going after us? You might be curious is that we had said on the air that there was a four year old uh, whose parents said that they were comfortable if he, had, if this child, I forget if it was if it was a boy who's turning into a girl or a girl turning the boy, they were comfortable having discussion about having the actual surgery. Uh, At that age. And we just said, you know, like, you know, I feel, and I do, I feel bad for parents that are going through it. And I know it's hard for kids, but we thought that that was just an insane way to think at four years old, before puberty, before this, before that. Well, that got the attention of somebody in the LGBT community, and they essentially did the same thing that you're being anti LGBT, you're doing this, you're doing that. We're saying, well, wait a minute. No, we're not. Like, we're talking about a four year old, and you can't have the problem is, I think, with people on the extreme ends of whatever side you're on. You can't have conversations with them. They don't you can make all the sense in the world, they don't want to hear that. They don't. They have no interest right. in hearing that. They they have their lines, they have their set thing and they just want to do one thing and you know this as well as I do. They just want to ruin your life.
2: That's it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I mean, I don't. I don't think there's. I don't think there's a four-year-old that should be making decisions about oh, anything.
1: anything. No. I mean, what, you know, what, what color they want to use to crayon? You know, the, the, what crayon they want to use the color. Or, you know, whatever. But I mean, that's that's it. But anyway, so so this starts happening, and it's and it's the people from what is it? The lore podcast and undisclosed podcast. Is that right?
2: Yeah. That's uh, right.
1: And that's the woman. We I reached out to the woman, and she's the one who's part of the um, the uh, Adnan uh, Syed. Syed. Yeah. yeah. So. And sort of, it was these two who kind of started leading the patrol. Is that right?
2: They they fl- they fan the fuel, the the the, the you the flames, know the, yeah. the, the flames, In What uh, fashion? To, to, they they basically got the mob organized and and pushed them towards the goal line, the goalpost, which was basically here are the sponsors, here's the network. Uh, shame on this network for letting this person be on there. He's a horrible human being. He said horrible things. Uh, somebody should do something about this, get him kicked off. AD, hey, by the way, ADT, you're a sponsor. How, what do you think about this right. guy? Casper, He's a horrible right, human being. Right. So that's what they started on Twitter, and, and it worked.
1: Well, yeah, for us it was it's kind of the same thing, and it would be, you know, uh, whatever, client X hey, you know, this This guy said this, said that, stuff out of context, by the way, you know, this and that. And then if they didn't respond to this person, he'd email them back the next day and say, well, why aren't you responding? Are you comfortable with this language? Are you comfortable with this attitude? And after a while, and especially in podcasts, it's it's same as radio. Like, yeah. particularly the national clients who don't know you, they look at these emails after a while, and I almost don't blame them. They're like, I don't want to fucking deal with this. Like, let's... Yeah. And it, it looks you know, bigger
2: than it is, right? Of course, yeah, of, of people, course. But, but, it, but if you're, but if
1: you're me. throwing, if you're Casper, right? I'm just picking them as a random one. Throwing some bucks right. at Sword and Scale as successful as your show was, millions of downloads. They're looking at it, and saying, you know what? I'll just, we'll just put our money over at this podcast, and you know, and we won't have any grief.
2: Right, and, and it, they took it a step further, though. They, right, they took yeah. it uh, a couple of steps further. They, they started posting uh, Wondery, which was the network I was on at the time. They started yep. posting their uh, contact information so that. People on Twitter, the, the outrage mob could actually start harassing uh, the network and the people that work at the network uh, until they got oh, me fired. Oh, at Wondery itself, yeah. Oh
1: geez. So this started happening.
2: So they docked they them. Basically. Right, right. And if
1: you're wondering and I, I heard you say this in your in your in your sort of farewell one, the seven or eight minute one, like it's it's almost like you want them to fight for you. But after a while, it is hard. After a while, to almost blame them because no, what, yeah. what? I mean, what are you going to do? Like, what you're trying to make a living, you're trying to make, and you have. The, but what's sad is, you know, Wondery can't say to these people, they can't, they just can't say it's sad. But it's the world we live in now. They can't say fuck off. We like this guy. We like the podcast. The world just doesn't work that way now.
2: I I get I get that, and I n- I've never blamed Wondery. I've never blamed any of the advertisers for for dropping. Um, I blame the the mentality behind. This is something that we should do, of course. Uh, right. organize, and, and, and basically form a mob and go after someone's livelihood because we didn't like the things they said. That's the problem I have. You know, I, I'm fine with Wondry not doing business with me, with any advertiser not doing business with me. That's fine. They don't want to take the risk. They don't want to deal with somebody that says controversial things or a controversial topic. Fine. But the idea that someone disagrees with you, so you're going to go after their business, their livelihood, take away their ability to to reach their existing audience. Because we have an existing audience. And not only um, is it still very vibrant and still around, it's growing. Our, our paid subscribers have grown ever since this whole thing went down because sure, people actually want to listen. Yeah, of course. They're, they're, they're going over to the behind the paywall instead. They don't want to deal with all this, this nonsense.
1: You know, you know what's interesting, though, and I have found this as well, is... When this happens, and we see it now, I mean, it's not just you, and it's, you know, we see it with Tucker Carlson, we see it with everybody, Bill Maher, whomever. Like the people that do it, they don't even really care what we're saying. They just want the satisfaction of winning, and then they just move on to the next thing. It's not like they say, oh, great, we got Mike Boudet, great, it's over. We're so happy to get rid of this guy, and now everything's going to be better. They're like, good, all right, we got our kill, let's move on to the next kill. That's just, I mean, that's it. And what and what is really gained? Like what is so now you don't do sword and scale anymore. Great. Like now what has changed? Like what's been accomplished? Right. You know, I I, I don't get it. I just it's baffling to me to want to limit free speech. I've never, ever, ever understood it. We'll get to some of the stuff that you've said that's led to these controversies, I guess. But the desire for people, especially like liberals who have been living on free speech for years, and that's sort of been the liberal ideology forever except when it's something they don't want to hear and then they start firing away.
2: It's a power trip a lot of the time. It's like look what look what we can do. We can do this. And now that now that we know that we can do it, let's go after the next target and the next. And then it's almost like uh, I think Joe Rogan said this on his podcast. He's like there has to be a path of redemption to someone that's maybe uh, been accused of wrong think or wrong speak and and said something that maybe they, they've changed their mind over time and they, now they regret and maybe they, they, you know, but there isn't. It's almost like disposing of people who we see as the enemy and, and, and continuing to look for new enemies, new villains that we can attack and dispose of because it, it is a, this sort of power trip, power rush that, that, like you say, the left has. I
1: don't think it's no coincidence. Like, I just think it's so much misplaced rage from that side about Trump winning that they don't know what to yeah. do with it, and like you know, I think if Hillary Clinton had won the election, you'd still be doing Sword and Scale on Wondery, and I'd still be doing my radio show. Like I, I totally believe that. I, I, I could
2: see that. Yeah, I could see that. I, there's, a, there are a lot of people. For example, this Aaron Menke uh, and and Robbia the, yeah, these, these are the people. Right. The, 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 the
1: undisclosed the, and lore, yeah.
2: Undisclosed and lore. They're they. I don't know how they actually put out a podcast because they're on Twitter posting tweets every 20 minutes, every single day about Trump and about how much, you know, how liberal they are and how much they, uh, they stand for. It's virtue signaling. It's basically all day long virtue signaling about uh, liberal uh, ideology. And, and uh, you know, it, it, show, it shows through in, in their SJW uh, way of thinking, their social justice warrior way of thinking. I just don't get,
1: I just, you know, I'll never, you're, I think the power trip is a big part of it, and I think they, they, they like getting that win and then moving on to the next thing. But, you know, like, so I disagree with a shitload of people, as I know you do on Twitter and on social media. The idea of me ever being like, you know what I'm going to do to this person who I don't like, who has a podcast or has a radio show or has a TV show, is I'm going to find out who the advertisers are. I'm going to listen to a whole radio show for a day or listen to a podcast for a couple of weeks. Find the advertisers for that and then begin cold calling and encouraging others to cold call until they stop advertising for something that I can just fucking flick the channel or turn off a podcast or turn off the television or do whatever or not go to a movie is yeah. so, f- it's so fucked. I, I, it, I don't even, and obviously I get angry about it because it affected me personally, but I just, I I can't reconcile that line of thinking. It's like, imagine if you like, you know, somebody you disagree with politically and they went on there on some TV show and like you watched Modern Family, say it was whatever, Julie Bowen, and you saw the tide advertised for them. Imagine like calling people a tide all day and being like, you know, Julie (laughs) Bowen hates Donald Trump and I like him. So I don't want you to advertise. This is
2: fucked up. It's so dumb. But there's two. I've noticed there's two layers to this and it is recreational outrage. Totally. Uh, Totally. That's right. It's a good phrase. But there's those that are like the pros, like and in, 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 like in any sport, really, like in any hobby. There's right. those that are really the yeah, pros.
1: Yeah, I, they, dealt, I they, dealt with a pro. Yeah, yeah.
2: They're the ones that really go out there and look for the dirt, and like we'll listen to 143 episodes of your podcast to well, look for the right. things that you they didn't like about what. And you will said. be and will
1: be highly disciplined in calling and calling and calling. Yeah. and
2: calling continuously and calling. trolling right. over over the span right. of years, which right. I have I have the same trolls over the span of the last three years. Right. But then then there's Sort of like the, the softer the softer side of that the, the, the more uh, recreational uh, troll uh, mob, which is pretty is you know is pretty dumb. Let's face it; they don't really actually do any of the own looking up of anything. No, they just they fall, get their right, information right, yeah, from on places your, like right. Reddit and and, and, uh, and Tumblr, and they and they take it as fact. They'll take something they saw on Twitter and just completely accept it as fact because it's from someone that fits their ideology and their ideas of how the world should work. And, and so there's a lot of things that get said about people that are complete bullshit. Well,
1: so you said, that, in, your, you said in, your, in, your, in that sort of farewell thing on Sword and Scale that there were yeah. things that were taken out of context to make you look like a misogynist pig.
2: Like, completely. So
1: go ahead. So, give me an example or two, because you know I dealt with it too, and I've seen the Boston Globe has written editorials about me. They've taken things out of context. I mean, you could take, you know, when you talk about things that are sort of third rail, and you talk about, you could take anything out of context and make anybody look like anything. That I, I completely uh, believe and have experienced. So, I'd be curious to hear what happened with you.
2: For for example, I'm a I'm someone that believes in in, in equal rights for everyone, uh, both you know, uh, male, female, anybody in the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. But uh, for, there's this sort of new wave feminism of, of women that are trying to not only tell everyone else how to think, but, but women, other women themselves, you know, how they should behave and what they should accept. And you can't argue with them, because if you argue with them as a man, you're suddenly a misogynist. Uh, you're, you're you're mean to your fans, quote-unquote. Uh, you know, th- there's all these things that, that people say about me that, you know, that I that I'm a, a dick to, to women or that that I'm misogynist. Right, so I see a lot of
1: that when I, read, so I do Google searches about you now. It's A, the podcast is gone, and B, you know, you're a dick. You called uh, uh, Juliana Pinto fat. You said that, you know, uh, yeah. uh, you used the – well, well, so back me up on that story. So she was she, – so, yeah. you know, she said she was a fan of yours, and she said, yes. hey, when you're uh, – when I die, I want you to cover me on sword and scale, right? And then you quote Yeah, she tweeted that.
2: Yeah. yeah. She, she tweeted that about a year ago. And you quote and I wrote back wrote I just wrote back something I thought was funny at the time, which is, uh, uh, and she died of a high cholesterol diet and mild heart disease.
1: Right. Well, that was your tweet. That didn't actually happen to her. That was your tweet right. back to her. Right.
2: It, you're right. It was just and a tweet was, that I wrote. I yeah, thought it would be funny. Right. But it, it, those are two things that people die of all the time in the United States. Sure. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think at the time, it didn't cross my mind that uh, perhaps that was a, a fat joke as well. Right. But
1: so, uh, but of course, you, you, when you do that, that is ammunition for them to go crazy and jump up and down and say that you shouldn't have a job,
2: right? Well, it started almost immediately. That was sort of the beginning of the boycott uh, talk. It, immediately, one of these people that follows my Twitter and hates my guts, but still follows my Twitter and everything I, you know, sure. everything I ever yeah, do, get that. They took they took that tweet, they put it next to a picture of her profile, which I hadn't even seen at the time, uh, and she's a heavier set girl, Dude. and they basically immediately started accusing me of fat shaming. They got this whole mob, uh, you know, basically a, 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 an avalanche uh, begin, beginning to occur of of, of just accusing me of, of this and that before I even had a chance to respond. And um, and it, it started almost immediately. The boycott, the calls for boycott, started almost immediately at that point, and. Um, and then this is just an extension of it a year later.
1: Well, I think once the ball gets rolling on that, like the boycott stuff, it's hard. It's like you're, you can't push it back uphill. You know, it's just the way no. we, the way that society is now. You can't do it.
2: You can just watch it happen, really. It's, it's almost like a, a disaster in slow motion. You it, see it. it and there's nothing you can do about it. So what is that?
1: Like, how quickly do you know at that point that you're kind of fucked?
2: Well, I got a text almost immediately from, from Wondery, because they, they immediately started texting Wondery or tweeting at Wondery, uh, messaging them that I was fat-shaming, all, all this and that. And, uh, and I had to actually issue an apology. Um, they weren't satisfied with that, so I had to issue a second apology, which made me look even worse.
1: I've done that. It, it, Not it, great. It, yep
2: comes a, yeah it comes across as uh, you didn't mean the first one or right. you didn't mean the second one which one did you not mean right uh, so uh, you know it's just ridiculous it, it's all about here's what it is and and Go I've ahead. I've noticed this because I listen to Howard Stern I've listened, I've been in this whole you know I'm, I'm a big fan of Opie and Anthony mm-hmm. and I've uh, I've followed this whole thing since it started uh, where it, there's a sort of process that they keep talking about first of all they get you to apologize and as soon as you apologize they kill you that's for the ap- they fire right, you
1: right, right. it's true <laughs> no. and by the way you apologize as i have in the past and the people who hate you uh call you out because the apology they want you to give they feel was bullshit and by the way oh, yeah. and by the way they're right they want you to give yeah. an apology you give it you give them what they want and they're mad at you for giving them the apology that they want it's like it's, right. it's unwinnable
2: they rate your apology. Yeah. Like, I don't think he was sincere. And you know what? Yeah, and sometimes. most of the time,
1: you're right. You, you, you know what? You're right. I wasn't fucking
2: sincere. I wasn't. <laughs> but you wanted me to do it. My bosses wanted me to do it. What the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, what? you know... Because he- You can't just say, no, you're wrong. That's not what happened. This is what happened, and this is how I feel about it. No, that's not okay. You have to apologize. You have to say, mea culpa. You know, they have to shame you, almost like Game of Thrones, uh, with the walk down the corridor naked. Uh, And, uh, you know, they have to basically embarrass you and make you – because they want – it's a superiority thing. It's almost like a power trip. Uh, And – they, they really want to get you down and so that they can kick you again and then get you fired. So at that, so, um,
1: so at that point, so you you do that, Wondery, want, you're doing all that. So that's what, about a year ago?
2: Yeah, that was exactly, almost exactly a year ago. So yeah.
1: do you know at that point, if I said to you, like, a year from now, will you still be doing Sword and Scale a year ago, would you have probably said no or no?
2: for Wondery, I, knew I guess. That, yeah, I knew Wondery, I knew the Wondery relationship was, it, almost immediately at that point, was going to be an issue because that, the fact that now you have someone to go to to complain and get me in trouble. Yeah, once
1: that's open, right, right,
2: right. That's a problem. I mean, I had been doing this this thing by myself for three years before I even got in touch with the Wondery, three and a half years before I even talked to them. And so uh, once, they, once it was out there that I was part of this network that had started to become pretty big and, and started to make a name for itself, I think it's like the third biggest podcast huge, network yeah. now. Were you making uh, they, Were you
1: making real money at this point, like real money? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah it, it, the podcast whole industry has exploded since I started. I mean, it, oh, it was nothing now. back then, and right. now it's just like I said. There's a new true crime show coming out almost every single day. It's it's a huge industry.
1: So how does it end? Like how does this all like What's the next? You know, is this the 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 c word thing? Is that the thing that ruined that ended it or?
2: Well, yeah, that was a, a an Instagram post, and, and we have an Instagram page, or we had an Instagram page, mm-hmm. uh, for Sword and Scale, which, you know, like I said, we tell some of the most horrible murder stories sure. that, that you can imagine with all sorts of things, so dismemberment, cannibalism. And so the the Instagram page is, you know, if you know the format of Instagram, it's you post pictures. We're not going to post pictures of dismemberment. We're going to post... Funny memes that, that are that are cute or that have something to do with murder, but but it's it's sort of a, it's a place for more of a lighthearted uh, you know look at, at what we're doing here, and, and there's a lot of people out there that listen to the show. Uh, They like to delve into the dark, true topics, but they also have a sense of humor about the world and and not everything has to be serious all the time. Well, for sure there
1: becomes like, you know, a communal vibe between the listener and the podcast host as it grows. I mean, that's just, you know, you have a little inside jokes, you have this, you have that, 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 that happens. That, that I get.
2: And, and we've had, and and if you look at pretty much any uh, Facebook group or Instagram page of any other murder podcast, it's pretty much the same thing. It's a bunch of memes, it's a bunch of murder memes. So I posted a meme which I ran across on another Facebook true crime group uh, that uh, you know I don't know if you want me to say what it was. Sure, you can say it. Okay, so the, it was it was basically a white font on uh, a black background, and it says it said I, I don't understand dumb cunts. Maybe I should take one home and take it apart to see how it works. And, and it's 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 first of all it's it's a meme that I. I didn't write. I found. I thought it was funny. The joke there is obviously it's not about uh, violence towards women. It's about when you're a kid, you take things apart to see how they work. It's sort of like a a little bit of an innocent throwback to that. It's also a little bit of a jab to people that act like assholes out there. And and the word cunt is is also used as as an insult to, uh, to what you would consider an idiot. Uh, throughout the world. But I would say, you know,
1: but I'll I'll just play devil's advocate here. Like, and I am not, uh, listen, I am all for say whatever you want, write whatever you want, free speech, free speech, free speech. If you don't like it, don't listen to your podcast, unsubscribe, whatever the fuck you want. But I can see where you've already gotten in some hot water. You work for Wondery. I can see on that one, A, that word is a total, like, you know, women get very worked up about that word. It does have a whiff of sort of anti-feminism. I can see how that's spun that way. Should you, at that point, maybe have said, if I want to continue this relationship, is the smartest thing in the world? Do the post this? Probably not, right?
2: Right. Yeah. No? Uh, or, of course. If, if you tell me if you tell me not to do something, that's when I want to do it. Sure. I'm the same uh, no,
1: and, I'm, and I'm the exact same way. But I'm saying, you like, it, you like when you do, when you do post something like that, and I've done the same thing, where I've basically told my bosses, like, you know, just fuck off. Like you are basically saying at that point, I don't really want to have this relationship anymore, right? It, or no? I guess. Do you, do you don't think I, so? I mean. I didn't. I didn't do it with that frame well, of mind maybe, at all. Well, maybe may, maybe not. Maybe not. You know, but maybe subconsciously you did. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: I guess. I mean, from from my point of view. When at the, when this all started, and and I would start, you know, basically I, I would dread getting a call, phone call from Wondery because sure, that nothing meant that suddenly good. someone on the internet right. found something wrong with something I said or did, and now I'm going to get a complaint about it, and they're going to tell me to tone it down or to do, totally. And it's always an unpleasant conversation. It's
1: never so, good. Yeah, you get that sick pit in your stomach when you see that when you see the phone ring, the number. You're like, oh yeah. shit, here we go yeah. again. This guy or your case did this, did that. This person's dropping out, and you get so mad and so irrationally angry, and you have, no, you have less than zero control over it. None. No control.
2: And here's the thing I said to them at one point, and it was not, not too long before this happened, which was, you know, I didn't spend all this time and, and all this effort and, and, and you know years of, of working towards this goal to be silenced. I, I did this so I could have a voice, not so I could get my voice taken away. So if I want to post something or I want to say something, I'm going to say it. I'm going to post it. And, you know, that's just what's going to happen. Because how do you suddenly, how do you, how do you become a podcaster with a million listeners and then suddenly you can't say anything? You, you have to be careful about every word you say because someone's going to get upset. And I have a problem with that whole philosophy of now you have to pretend. Now you have to I agree. Basically, think about every little thing because someone somewhere may be upset about it.
1: Sure, but I would I, say, I, but but like you have to at least acknowledge. And I agree with you. And like I said, I wouldn't. You know, my world. If you worked for me, I'd let you post what you wanted and let the chips fall where they may. And if people bail, they yeah. bail. But you know, when you post something where you see we use the word cunt, like you know that you you are you are inviting trouble, fair or unfair. I mean, you. I mean, you're a smart guy. You know that's going to happen.
2: Uh, I I I thought it I thought things things like that could happen or would happen. Right. I didn't know they were going to take it to the extent so, of getting me right. kicked off so, of so, the numbers. right. So that
1: happens. So that gets posted, and that sort of kicks off the final. You know, we're finally at the end here. Like where they're just where they just say we're not going to work with you anymore, right?
2: Pretty much. So, uh, it was it was a two stage process. I think the first uh, part I got a call and I, and someone said why did you post that? How what were you thinking? And I was thinking. Fuck censorship. That's what I was thinking. Okay, and uh, and uh, and then they were like, "Please take it down, Please, you know, whatever." And I took it down. And then uh, a little while later, I got another call, and they're like, "We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to sever ties here." And that, I was at that point, I was like, what, "What are you fucking kidding me? We just talked, and everything was fine." Um, but apparently, you know, I guess there's some, uh, there's a couple of, of social justice warriors that actually work at the company, and. Thought that that tweet was some somehow uh, a, a violent, inciting violence towards women uh, within Wondery, and, and so they got they got very upset about it, and uh, and so they they went to management in the company, and, and they were the ones that instigated me getting. Yeah, I can't say I'm booted. surprised
1: like at that point when you tweet something I, I, or message, you know, uh, a meme like that. I, I'm not surprised. Again, I I, w- yeah, I wouldn't fire you, but I can see, I could just see how it happens, and then it's over. And like, I, Is part of you like, almost relieved when it's done, though, where you're like, okay, good, I don't have to worry about this part of it anymore. I can just
2: do what well, I want. Part of me started laughing because when I thought about what, what Aaron Mankey from Lore and Rabia Chaudhry from Undisclosed had done and the fact that it actually had worked, and I thought to myself, well, now that I don't have a job and I don't have anything to lose, what do you think going to happen? Do you think I'm just going to kind of go away off into the, into the sunset and disappear and nobody's going to hear from me again? No, that's not what's going to happen. I'm going to let everyone in the fucking world know what you did and, and, and why you did it uh, and how petty it was. Uh, and, uh, and I'm going to you know, start talking even louder about this sort of nonsense, this sort of bullshit mob outrage culture that, that we're living in. Um, and so that's exactly what I've been doing now for for a few weeks. I've been I've been going on many many different interviews, talking to a lot of different people, um, because I think that we all have to kind of collectively at some point say enough of this. This is yeah, this is not it's not appropriate.
1: I just don't know, and I obviously agree a thousand percent. I just don't know what that tipping point is. I don't know when it happens when people just say, well, well, wait a minute, this is this is fucking nuts. Like this doesn't make any sense. People are, you know, free speech is gone. There's this culture war going on, and, and, and who's who's winning out of this? Like, what's the win? I don't know when what moment happens in society where people say, hey, we got to go back the other way. But, I mean, it, you're right. It, I mean, it has to happen at some point.
2: It has to. Yeah, there's a lot of people already doing it. They're oh, just I know. not doing it, yeah. it vocally. Right. Uh, it's it's, a, know, it's scary. It's hard to do. That may be one of the reasons why Trump won the election, because— Every, all the Democrats, all the everybody on the on the left, thought he was done for when he said, you know, grab her by the pussy. They were like, okay, we're done. He's out. There's no way he's going to be president. And and people were like, uh, yeah, uh, we're not just going to go for your PC bullshit. We're we're going to we're going to elect the guy we want to elect anyway. So it's it's sort of already happened.
1: When you say pettiness, like what is the 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 one or two moments dealing with these two people in particular in in, in sort of the group they led? that you look back on and say, Jesus, that's that. When I think about it, when I go over the story in my head, those are the things that piss me off the most.
2: You know, I, hadn't, I had no problem with, with this Robbie, with Rabia at all. I had I'd never spoken to her. I, I think I'd, she was at the same conference I was at one time. Um, it, there was just nothing. There's no bad blood at all. And in October of last year, I posted um, a tweet that I, that I thought Adnan Syed had, had, ki- had killed that his girlfriend. Yes, uh, I believe that. So
1: I, I believe that too. By the way,
2: that's the whole se- serial. The background on right. the yep. whole serial yes. story, and I think, she, I mean, she's, so- she's somehow related to him. Like I don't know, she's somehow the family.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, or yeah, rep- right, right, right.
2: She came after me with such vitriol uh, after that one tweet. Uh, she basically took her entire fan base, I think there's 100,000 people that follow her on Twitter, and told them, okay, you know what to do, go get them. Which, if you think about how, how dangerous and irresponsible that is, uh, to have 100,000 people that you don't know, and then basically sick them on someone, there's going to be 1% of that population, just like there is 1% of the population in, in the general population, that are mentally unhinged, that are unstable. And I was going... Basically on a, a meet up tour at the time, going from city to city, cities I'd never been to, to before, to meet with fans in like hotel uh, b- bars and hanging out and you know talking about murder stuff, and for me to now start thinking that one of these crazed fans from her side may decide to show up at one of these meetups, which has no security, uh, you know anybody could come w- walk right up to me and do whatever they want, and and I thought that is. The most irresponsible, ridiculous behavior I've ever seen, and and dangerous, um, and there's no thought into it. It's just like I'm right, you're wrong, fuck you, and uh, it's you know it, it it that's where it started. And then and then Aaron Mankey, uh... was basically right on top of that, um, uh, you know, doing the same behavior and praising her for for that sort of behavior. On top of that, she went out and talked to every. Podcast conference because she because the two of them basically go from podcast conference to podcast conference. They like to be like the the big dog. They like to be looked up uh, to, and so they went to all of the the promoters of all of these shows and basically said, "We don't want you to ever invite Mike Boudet to one of these conferences, or we'll never do one of your conferences again." They blacklisted me off of the entire podcast uh, conference network.
1: Um. Yeah, it's you know it's not not surprising. The other thing about these about the people I've dealt with in this world is in that you know I've dealt with a, a million of these is when you ask them to come on and have a conversation, a debate about it, they never want to do it ever. No. They'll never do it. I'm happy to do it on their form too. I don't care, but they don't. They never want to have a debate. You know they they they're, they're free, they they claim to be First Amendment free speech liberal da da da. But when it comes down to having an actual conversation, I have my facts, you have yours. Let's lay them out. They want no part of it. None.
2: The other part of that, too, I would say, they, they pretend to be these these uh, uh, just caring individuals about society and about the, the marginalized and about how you know how much they care about these groups and these things and these causes uh, and virtue signal about it constantly every day. But they're the first ones to become extraordinarily nasty when there's someone that maybe doesn't fully agree with agree them. Agree with them, right and they 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 become vicious just inhumanly nasty people
1: and and they and they and they hate trump which is fine I don't care they hate trump because he you know is uh not open-minded closed-minded you know they say that he's this and that meanwhile the, the, these people have less diversity of thought in the most closed minds you've ever dealt with in your lives the idea that they'd be like I'm open to hearing the other side all day long bring it to me let me hear it these people never ever want to hear that Side ever they don't want to consider it. There's no thought given to it. They have their ideas. You're a misogynist. You're a racist. You're homophobic. You're anti-trans. Right. You know everything. But, but, but wait a minute. But actually, I'm not. And here's why. I don't want to hear it. Fuck you. We want to get you fired. We'll move on to somebody else. Get them fired. Move on. Move on. Move on. So I'm sure these people yeah, now are, are, when, are.
2: Go ahead. When when they can't win. When they can't win an argument. When they can't win a logical argument about a topic. They go after the individual. And they attack the individual to discredit them, so that they could feel like they're they're morally superior. Their you know their argument right. is better. And what is one? You know,
1: what's one? Like what do you win? That's why that's why I always want the person who did this to me. I've always wanted to have him on the podcast or, or talk to him. I always want to ask him, what have you accomplished? Like what what have you done? Like what has changed in the? I don't. Know. Yeah. So what do you? So what's your? So now you're behind you. What is the future uh, for you? Like what do you what are you doing now? What's the next few months look like now that you're kind of on your own?
2: Well, I'm hosting. I'm still hosting the show behind the paywall on yep. Patreon.
1: Okay, you go to Patreon um, to get that. Yeah,
2: yeah. And so we're 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 working on that. Uh, we have a new host, Trisha Griffith, that does the the regular live show. We're trying to see if we can coax some advertisers back to that, uh, you know, free, uh, freely available show with her hosting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in the meantime, we're just you know continuing to do what we do. Uh, we have. A Few other podcasts. This is War, Monstro, yep, and Sword and Scale Rewind, which we put out, and so we're just trying to keep everything afloat, keep continue paying our employees uh, right now with just Patreon revenue until we try to get more uh, more advertisers on board, and we'll, we'll see how long that lasts. I mean, if we can't get anybody on board, those shows may eventually go away.
1: And has, and has Patreon it's it's been successful so far?
2: Yeah, Patreon is doing great. We have uh, I think uh, almost sixteen thousand supporters on patreon and we're switching to our own platform too because that's another thing we noticed once this whole controversy started and they went after and they went after our advertisers uh they also went after patreon and they tried to get patreon to kick us off of the platform because you know just losing all of your ad support isn't enough they need to basically remove all of your lives just wipe you off the earth completely right yeah, and, and and Patreon has been sort of contra, you know under under some controversy for doing just that for basically banning creators right. because they may be said an an inappropriate word on a different platform altogether, not even on Patreon, but on a different platform and in the past, which makes it very scary. So we've been working on building our own platform so that we can completely get off of anyone else's uh, platform and not have the ability of anyone to go after a boss or, or some some corporate entity that they so isn't can that is that i mean is that the
1: future mike i mean ultimately for guys like like people who have opinions guys and girls and whoever who have opinions and, and have to say things and want to have conversations and be compelling i mean 15 20 years from now not even five years from now that's going to be the future for all of us i think is a place where we're going to have to govern it or own it ourselves i think
2: I'm looking you know, one of the things that I'm a big fan of are are cryptocurrencies. And and one of the things that those, uh, that cryptocurrencies allow you to do with the blockchain technology and all of that is to, first of all, uh, put up things that are pseudonymous or anonymous. Mm -hmm. And they stay there forever. No one can ever take them down. They sort of become permanent and ingrained into the structure of the Internet. So in the future, I think the basic core of the Internet will be permanent and also much more anonymous. So uh, there, it's, there's a little bit of hope for free speech. Unfortunately, you know, uh, I think still putting your name on, on something uh, can be very dangerous because, uh, you know, you may change your mind in the future. And, it, and in the future, it may become completely, um, you know, inappropriate to say a certain word, which today is, appropriate. is totally fine. Of fine.
1: Yeah, absolutely, of course. Uh, any regrets at all? <sighs>
2: um. I mean, if I were smart, I would, I would take a time machine back maybe three, four years ago and cater to the masses and probably may, be making uh, just a shitload more money than I am now. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think I do. I don't think I would want to take that route uh, regardless of everything I know today.
1: All right. Well, uh, Mike Boudet, again, Sword and Scale. Go to Patreon. You can find all the stuff there. And uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on and telling your story. I know it's not been an easy couple of years for you, but I do appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, Mike. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye, right, man. All right.
0: Thanks. Bye. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.